When I was a kid, I remember one Christmas, my, my older brother got something called Domino Rally. Anyone familiar with Domino Rally? You ever heard of that? Okay, got a hand in the back there. Domino Rally is, is basically, these are, are dominoes with dots, something where you would actually play games with it. Uh, but Domino Rally was solely dedicated to setting up dominoes and watching them fall. Uh, that's what the whole kit was about, and you had a lot of different little things within the kit. You had a long strand with dominoes on a swivel so that you could cheat, right? So if you wanted to save yourself setting up 10 or so, you could do it that way. Uh, it had a lot of different twists, automatic twists. It had ways that you could uh, domino up like inclines and create bridges and all kinds of different things like that. And so um, it was a ton of work. Right, to set all those little dominoes up and to create designs and, and do all these different things. It is incredibly repetitive. It is a ton of work. But that moment that you get to watch the dominoes fall, that's the fun, right? right? So if you do all the work, then your brother comes along and just ruins the whole thing by him doing it. Um, it's a little frustrating, right? And so when you, when you describe something as, as repetitive, when you describe something as hard work. Prayer can feel a lot like that, can it not? We've been spending the last couple Wednesdays, the last couple Sundays talking about prayer, talking about the different aspects of prayer. Just this last Wednesday, we talked about intercessory prayer, right, and what, what that means. And uh, the week prior, we talked about adoration when we look through the telescope and look through the microscope. Uh, but prayer can be repetitive. Prayer can be hard. And so this morning, as, as Becky sort of gave us a, a clue into what we're talking about is being persistent in prayer, right? Because there's, there's so many examples, there's so many passages where God speaks to this, where Jesus speaks to uh, this very thing. And so um, there's a story in Luke 18 uh, that you can turn to if you brought your Bibles with you or if you want to write this down and look at it later. But there's a story in Luke 18 where Jesus is telling a parable, and it, and it goes like this in verse 1, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So right out of the gate, Jesus is saying, this is the purpose of this, okay? We don't, I don't want you to lose heart. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to always pray, right? You're going to be tempted to lose heart. You're going to be tempted to, to want to wander from it, but keep praying, keep it up, keep faith, okay? So moving into verse 2, it says this. It says, he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And... And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. And so let's point out a couple things. Uh, this hypothetical judge okay, uh, that Jesus was talking about does not fear God, doesn't care who God is, doesn't care who you are, not impressed with who you are, doesn't care how much money you make, don't care what you do, don't care who your daddy is, just doesn't care at all, right? Doesn't fear God, doesn't fear man. Uh, and so now you have this widow Right? Compare her to this widow who, if anyone in, this, in, this, in the ancient times, if there's any two groups of people uh, that had very little rights, that had very little influence whatsoever, it was orphans and widows. Okay? This is why the Bible teaches us to look after the orphans and widows. Okay? And so this, this is why Jesus tells us so much to do that. So this judge doesn't care about God, doesn't care about anyone, does what he wants to do to him when he sees this widow, this widow is like a gnat hovering over horse poop in the street, 
Okay? Like that is the equivalent. That is the disparity. That is the division of power. Okay? But verse 4 says, For while he refused, for a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, right? I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And so in this story, we don't exactly know the details of what she's saying. We don't know what her beef is. We don't know if this is a completely made-up story that Jesus is giving them. Maybe this happened somewhere along the way in many of Jesus' adventures. And so, but this woman continually comes to this judge asking for justice, asking, do something about this. I want you to fix this. If you don't do something, it's not going to be good. Right? Tell your dog to stay out of my yard. Like, whatever the case is, I, I, don't, I don't know what her beef is, but she is persistent in everything that she is telling him. And so this judge is thinking, will this lady shut up? When will she stop? And so he gives her what she wants. And verse 6 says, The Lord said to her, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? And so Jesus is looking for this kind of faith. This widow that he just described, right? The grit that she has, the persistence that she has, this is the kind of faith that Jesus is looking for. And whenever he returns, will he find this kind of faith? Right? This is the goal that we are to be set at. Jesus tells this story not to compare God to the judge and not to compare us to the widow, uh, but he does it as a contrast. Okay? If, an, if an awful, heartless judge can hear the cries of a peon nobody and give her what she desires, don't you think God can do more for me and you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the truth is, is that I don't, I don't think that this widow was trying to be annoying, right? She might have had to uh, downshift to that tactic, but I think she was calling and requesting and petitioning out of place of desperation, right? A place that, that we've all been at one point or another. And so Jesus refers to his elect, his people, those who are saved, believers, uh, crying day and night, longing for help. Will we have that kind of faith that this widow has, right? Will we ha the widow has the faith that Jesus is looking for. Like, will we have that kind of tenacity? Will we have that kind of grit? Will we have that, that kind of persistence where we shamelessly go before God and make our requests known to him? There's a lot of things on our minds in terms of prayer requests. Like, all over this room, we, we have things on our minds, things on our hearts, issues that we're dealing with, uh, things that we have been persisting in prayer for for a long time. And there are answers that we have sought. There have been many times where we have asked God the question, why? Why is this happening? Why isn't this other thing happening yet? And, and a lot of times we are met with silence. We are met with an unanswered prayer. And we're going to actually talk more about that next week, the, the mystery of the unanswered prayer and, uh, and why God led Garth Brooks to sing that song so that every pastor could use it in a sermon for 40 years, okay? And so when it, when it comes to passages like this, right, we either believe him or we don't. 
It's as simple as that. This passage is either true or it isn't. What we believe is we are drawing a line in the sand to say this is either wishful thinking or this is the word of God and this is 100% true. Because we, we live in this modern era where, where we hear truth, people talk about truth, but if we don't experience it, then it can't be true. Right? If, if that hasn't been our experience, if that hasn't been our truth, we sort of separate those things. Um, that's why one of the greatest gifts that the modern church can give the world is faith. Okay? To, to give them uh, something that is sure, something that is certain outside of themselves, something that is certain and sure outside of their own experiences. And, and one of the ways that the Christian, okay, you and I, should be uniquely marked in our society, in our culture, is that we should be people of prayer, that we should be people of hope, that we should be people who, who have a confidence to persistently go to the Lord in prayer and make our requests known to Him. Okay, Not to just someone who is our God, but someone, to someone who is specifically our Father. To someone who is specifically the Father that we never had. So there's a story in the book of Mark a story about a man named Blind Bartimaeus, okay? And we know him as Blind Bartimaeus because that's what they call him in the Bible, is Blind Bartimaeus, okay? That's, that's how people know him. If you were to meet a man named One-Legged Harry, um, you probably wouldn't run into him on Friday night doing the electric slide at Cooter's Barn, would you? Right? So in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46, it says this, then they came to, Jer to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with the large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of man, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of man, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Notice that there were people trying to silence him. There were people trying to tell him to shut up. Uh, you be persistent right, in prayer. Don't, don't listen to anyone else. You be persistent. If people are trying to discourage you from it, if people are trying to talk you down from it, be persistent. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, hopefully he was dressed underneath, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Rabbi, I want to see. And so Jesus' response, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. I find it interesting that Jesus is 100% is aware of this man's need. But Jesus wanted to hear him say it. Jesus wanted to hear him articulate this need. And, this is, and, and while this may discourage us, Jesus says that we must persist, that we must, we must not give up. Okay? And, and here's what I mean. There's, there's a different passage in Luke 11. Okay? And I, I talked about this one just a couple weeks ago. In Luke 11, Jesus is talking to his disciples again about prayer. Okay? They are asking him how to pray. He is, a, he is teaching them how to pray by praying. And he says in verse 9, I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And in the Greek, all of these, all of these verbs that are used here are not just a one-time thing. Um, so when the way that you could properly translate it is ask and keep asking. 
right? It's a, it's a continuous thing. Ask and keep asking. Knock and keep knocking. Seek and keep seeking. It's something that we should persistently do. And he follows it up saying this, for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. What father among you, <clears throat> if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Uh, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Um, for those of you who, who have kids in the room, you know that your kids go through different stages. Like they're, they have different interests along the way. They might really be into uh, baby dolls as they're growing up. Then they'll transition into, into woodsies or fire trucks or superheroes. Like there's different stages where they're interested in, in things. And so um, if you were to, to ask my son what his perfect day consists of, uh, it would consist of a Papa John's pizza, cheese pizza, uh, jumping on the trampoline with me, fighting, wrestling, and playing Madden, okay? Madden's a football game. And, and Madden, that looks like uh, putting it on the easiest setting and me handing him the ball 40 times a game, okay? <laughs> For 380 yards and seven touchdowns, right? That's, I get to throw maybe twice. Um, he, he loves to do that, and I know that he loves to do that. And whenever he comes to me and asks me if we can do one or two or all of those things, um, there, there is, there's something about his, his desire to spend time with me. And while I enjoy doing those things, I will put aside so many other things so that I could spend that time with him. Right? So, so parents, there's so many instances, too, where our kids are asking us for things that cost us money, and we know that there's a limit to that, right? Like our funds only go so far, uh, but, but how, if I can do those things, if you can do those things, if you can invest that time and do things like that, how much more can God, who, ha, who has limitless resources, who is in a tax bracket that none of us have ever been in or will ever be in, like how much better is God in those ways that he wants to give us, his children, good things? And so the persistent widow, asking and continuing to ask, Seeking and continually seeking. Becky talked about this a little bit in our children's moment. Um, there's a difference in the way that Jesus is talking about persistence in prayer and the way we raise our kids, right? Like, there are times that we say no. There are times that we give a firm no. And, and if I say no, then the answer has been settled. No means no. Um, one, a few years ago with my kids, we were talking about impersonations and how you pretend to be someone else and say the things that they would. And so I said, hey, do an impersonation of your daddy and say something that I would say. And they said, the answer is no, <laughs> right? So they heard me say that a few times. But um, parents, you, you, know, you know what we don't say? You know what, what we don't say is, hey, sweetheart, I know that daddy said no, but what I really want you to do is I want you to keep asking me. <laughs> I want, you to, I want you to just blow right by the fact that I said no, and I want you to think that I hadn't really thought about much of, much of it, and I want you to keep asking. We, we don't do that at all, do we? Because what happens is when they continually do that is, is we lose a little piece of our mind. And, from, and for some of us, a whole lot of piece of our mind, and we reach that point where we threaten them, okay? We say, look, if you ask me one more time, I'm going to take all your toys, I'm going to set them in the front yard, and I'm going to set them on fire, okay? 
You ask me one more time, I'm going to throw your bed in the dumpster and you're sleeping in the doghouse, which some of them might think that's fun. But if you ask me one more time, I'm going to ground you so long that your grandkids are going to come out of the womb in timeout, okay? Like, we, it's just something in us, right? No needs to me, no, at some point. And, and again, we'll talk more about that next week, because sometimes God tells us no uh, whenever we are not praying in according to his will and, and in the name of Jesus. We'll talk about that later. But, but God says, God says differently, doesn't he? That, that God, that these are my words, these are my commands, that you should persist, that you should pursue these things in prayer. And, and I've got a, a final verse that I'm going to read to you. And, uh, and I'm reading a lot of this this morning. One, because I should. But two, because I really want you to see how much God doubles down and reinforces the repeatability and the persistence that we should have in prayer. Like, it's this important to him, okay? And so this passage in Isaiah is going to, to double down on what God says and the promises and, and why we should believe God, okay? And so this is what, what Isaiah says. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Call upon him. Seek him. Ask him. Bring things to him. Okay? Passage goes on. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my way, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. As for the rain and the snow come down from heaven. Here's the focus. I want you to hear this, okay? For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. You can leave it on this slide for a minute, okay? God is giving us some imagery with rain and snow. Uh, the last two weeks, we have seen a lot of rain and a lot of snow. Not as much snow here, but more ice, right? A lot of different precipitation. And, and we know that this is different. We, we all appreciate the rain, we all appreciate uh, some rain from time to time, uh, depending if you've got gardens or what have you. But if we dial it back to the ancient days, rain was a big deal. Precipitation was a big deal. This is how many of them are getting their drinking water, the water they cook with. But most importantly, uh, this is going to run the biggest industry in the modern era, and that is growing food and raising cattle. Right? You, you need the ground to be moist. You need it to be lush. You need it to be healthy. And the way you do that is with rain and snow. And so um, we can talk about rain. Those of you who have seen Forrest Gump know that there's all sorts of rain, right? There's a little bit of stinging rain. There's big old fat rain. There's rain that seems to come in from the sides. And there's rain that even seems to kind of come up underneath. And it even rains at night, right? And so rain, rain can, a farmer or a rancher likes rain, okay? They, they like rain. But rain can sometimes have its problems, can it not? Rain, too much rain at once can... Uh, cause flooding, too much rain can wash things out. But snow is different. Snow is different in that a, a good early spring snow uh, has a way of, of falling very slowly, just right. And as the sun hits that snow and begins to melt that snow, it's almost like it irrigates the ground with this time release, right? That, that it slowly begins to moisten the ground and irrigate the ground like having uh, your sprinklers on a timer, so, just like the rain and the snow, 
Just like the rain and the snow, God gives this comparison. Verse 11. <clears throat> so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and, I sh and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So in other words, God says this. When I tell you to pray, when I tell you to make these things known to me, when I tell you to bear your soul, I will hear you and you will not return empty-handed, right? You, you, you will get something from me. You are not wasting your time when you go to the Lord in prayer. And so when we, when we seek the Lord, when we pray, <coughs> when we're actually persistent in our prayers, uh, the timing of those can look really different, can they not? Sometimes we pray and, and we get an immediate answer. And those are great, right? Those are just like a rain that comes in and, and we ask that one prayer and God comes and he knocks that over and we say, thanks God. And it's really easiest for us to move on and forget, is it not? Right, because that wasn't, that wasn't necessarily just this pivotal moment in our lives. But, but whenever we, we do labor, whenever we do persist and we continually come before God, asking him time and time again, Lord, help my son with this addiction. Lord, send him the help that he needs. Lord, Holy Spirit, transform his life so that he turns away from that. Send him, send him friends that can help him with this addiction. Lord, heal my marriage. Help him want to stay. Help him not to give up on it. We, we persist and we persist and we persist and we reach this point where we're waiting on God to do something. And and it's one thing, again, for a prayer to be answered and for that one domino to fall over and for us to move on. But, but it's another thing when we persist for so long and, and we stack up these prayers for God to one day come along and, and set into motion this chain reaction. It's the turn. The turn got me. For, for God to, to set into motion all of these prayers that we have brought before him and for us to look back. Not only, not only would this be for us an answered prayer, but this would be, this would be a life-changing event for us as we remember all of those dominoes that we stacked, all of those prayers that we stacked. We saw God come through and knock all of those things down. Right? How much does that change us? How much, how much of, of glory do we give to God whenever we have set those up and he has finally knocked all of those down. And so I, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what, what that prayer is for you, that thing that you've been praying for for a very long time. Um, God is in charge of the results. Um, it's our job to ask and to keep asking. Like I know sometimes we, we can kind of get in over our heads thinking, well, if God's not gonna do this, I doubt he'll do this. I don't see how this would work out. Our job is to persist he is in charge of the results. So what are, you, what are you praying for? What are you asking God for? If you knew that this week, if you prayed 10 times a day for the same thing and God would come through, would you do it? I think we would, wouldn't we? Right? And so it, it's, it sounds a little crazy. Like it sounds way too simple. But I think that's what Jesus intended all along. Being, being childlike, which is what we're invited to do, being childlike is simple. It really is. So my challenge for us this week, uh, my exhortation, exhortation for you is that I want you to find something that you want God to do in your life. And I want you to pray about it 
every day, pray as many times about it until you feel silly doing it, okay? So that might be 10 times, it might be 20 times, it might be two times, right? But I, I want us to get us, us to get to this place where Jesus is describing the faith of this persistent widow. It is the kind of faith that he is looking for, and may we be people that are marked with that faith. Let's ask, let's keep asking, let's knock, let's keep knocking, and leave the results to God. I'm going to pray for us, and as Philip, as Philip leads the, the last song, there he is over there, um, I, I want to give you an invitation. We don't do this every week, but I'm going to, I'm going to invite you to come up uh, to the, the altar area, okay, to the stage. If you want to lay your requests uh, before God there, you can do that. Uh, God's presence isn't necessarily uh, honed or enhanced in front of the altar. Uh, it can be there as well. Uh, but I'll, I just want to give that invitation to you if you want to come up and pray. And I'm actually, I'm going to stand over here, and if you want me to pray with you, okay, I'm going to cut my mic. I can most certainly pray with you. Um, but I, I wanted to give you that opportunity if you would like to uh, begin petitioning and bringing that before the Lord. And if we're coming close to the song ending, don't worry. Philip's got gestures to restart that whole thing, okay, back to verse 1 so we can handle it, okay? So let me pray for us, and then you're invited to do that. Lord, we, we thank you for <coughs> your word. And um, Lord, I saw, I saw a sign the other day that said, said, Jesus, the struggle is real, but so are you. And Lord, there's so many different passages that we read this morning that are very bold. They are not, they are not uh, gray at all. They are very black and white that say, bring our request to you. This is something that you tell us to do on multiple occasions, Lord. And so, God, I pray that you would give us the bravery to do that. I pray that you would give us the faith to do that, that you would give us the tenacity, and that, that 2024 would be a year where we lay our, our requests before you, that we stack these dominoes before you, Father. And I pray that this would be the year uh, that you knock those down, and that we would look back on that, that we would give you glory, that we would give you praise, and, and it would change us for what you did. And so, Father, we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.